Welcome to Eden Speaks. Our prayer for this podcast is that this can be a place of openness, grace, honesty, and connection with our sisters in Christ and any brothers out there who are tuning in. While this podcast is in connection to our women's ministry at Living Word in Oak Harbor, Washington, we welcome everyone that is looking for real Christ-centered conversations. Some of these conversations may be hard and emotional, stirring up parts of us that we would prefer to keep hidden and protected. Ephesians 5.13 says, But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Let us be that light to one another. Let's take a step outside of our comfort zone. Let's trust Jesus to show us how to give grace and hope to others, and also put us in a posture to receive it as we engage in a journey of growth. Let's speak the truth of God's word. Let's always speak love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Eden Speaks, a place of hope, encouragement, and grace. I'm Amy. And I'm Shannon. And good today, morning. good morning. Today, you guys, we are starting our story series. We are talking about being intentional about telling our stories. And today, we have Jerry with us. Hi, Jerry. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. We're so excited to hear your story. Thanks. Actually, Amy and I have heard your story. We have. And that's why you're here, because we're like, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, it is a good one. It is a good one. Yeah, we, we got the pleasure of hearing that at Rooted. Yes, well, we got I to- got to hear it at Rooted. I know, Shannon, you had heard it previous to that, but the first time that I heard it was when we did Rooted this, this past summer. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, Shannon was actually the first person outside of um, my husband and my next door neighbors that heard the story, I think. So. Oh, wow. oh that gives me the goosey bumps. That's so awesome. <laughs> We're at Starbucks. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh right. my gosh. Right. Yeah. And I know you said it's a little bit weird. That's so you kind of do have your precursor to it, which I'm like, it's not weird. It's supernatural. I mean, it definitely is supernatural mm-hmm. and it's, it's not, it's pretty unique, right? Yeah. Although I'm finding out there's little pieces of it that kind of are embedded in other people's mm-hmm. stories, but they're not necessarily Christian mm-hmm. stories. They're more like spiritual awakening sure. stories. Sure. Yeah. that's so funny I love that you say that only because I think sometimes even in Christianity we'll take out that spirituality component but it is all about our spirit it's the Holy Spirit commingling with our spirit it's very spiritual Um, I think we just get kind of like scared about that like oh it's mystical or it sounds this or it feels that or whatever so we take that out but I say no way bring it back in like we we get to hang on to that as Christian believers too, because God is mystery, right? Oh, he is yeah. mysterious. He is mystical. Ultimately, <laughs> he is yeah. like, like wild and confusing and amazing and awesome. So yeah. is it part of the, the, the whole wonder of it, yeah. the mystery? I mean, it's, it's so just true. such a wonderful mystery. It really is. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's part of faith, right? Yep. That's, That's a, I think it's a huge part of faith is just that, that unknown piece of it and I'm just so excited for everybody to be able to hear Jerry's story because it is really amazing and like it's one of those things that I'm like I wish I had had an experience like that like that's so cool but on the other side of that like I think the thing that really excites me about this story series that we're going to be doing is being able to see how different people's stories are and regardless of whether they are really like have that supernatural component to it or it's a slow build and you've like seen this this growth process over a number of years or whatever that might be like every piece of every person's story is important and powerful just in different ways and will connect with different people um so i'm just really excited to be able to to share and or to, to hear people share their stories because i think it's just going to be awesome 
Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Amy, because again, I mean, that's really part of why we're doing what we're doing. We're being intentional about telling story. And we're doing that because story is important because we can see ourselves in one another's story. We can see God move in one another's story. We can see God move in our lives in comparison, not in comparison, but in, in light of other people's story, it's really, really important. And I always say this and without story, we wouldn't even have the Bible. So we got to be telling it. And some of these stories will be like that first moment where they, where people first met God or in your case, Jerry, where God met you, he came right after you. <laughs> or some of these stories might even also just be a powerful way God moved in someone's life. It doesn't necessarily have to be like just this like conversion story, like this, the time, the time when, um, it can also be like the time when God showed up in a way that I never thought he would, but all of it deepens our faith. All of it, um, connects us to him relationally in a much more um, intentional and intimate way. And that is why we want to share all about this. It's so, it's so important that we're doing it. So mm-hmm. Barry, thank you for being here, being our number one, our number one story. <laughs> we're so excited. Kicking it off. Kick off party. Yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. okay. Let it rip. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm excited to talk about I guess what I call my faith story um, for a couple of reasons. One is I, I, I just love listening to how other people came to know God. It, it kind of reaffirms my own faith and it just makes me happy. But the other and, and maybe more personal reason is that I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to find another story that's similar to mine. And I found little pieces of my story embedded in other people's stories, but, but not the entirety of my experience. So that's why I'm kind of excited to share it only because if there's other people out there that, that have the same experience, I'd love to talk to them and just marvel at what happened. Mm, That's cool. That's so cool. That's awesome. So um, uh, let's start with my backstory. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was raised a Catholic, but I was never a believer. In fact, I went all the way through um, school in Catholic schools through high school. And the entire time um, going to mass, going to Catholic school, I wasn't a believer. Um, I pretty much daydreamed my way through mass. I can, in fact, I can remember memorizing history dates and, uh, you know, other things daydreaming. Um, but, but God just wasn't on my radar screen. It didn't make sense to me. Um, the kinds of religious instruction I got, it, it, it just didn't hit home. So I pretty much disregarded God. I, I, I don't remember ever believing in God, certainly not in Jesus, the Holy Spirit. It just, it wasn't a factor in my life. It, you know, if I couldn't see it and touch it, 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 it didn't mean anything to me. And then you couple that with the fact that I grew up in a household that didn't model Christian behaviors. Um, It just, uh, you know, belief in God just just wasn't present for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So what happened is I I, I turned into really a not very nice person. I was for most of my life. um, And these are things that I still battle every day. Every day it's a it's a battle. Um, I was self-centered, judgmental, very, very critical of people, um, especially if, if, if they didn't um, 
act in the ways that I thought that they should be acting. Um, I always, I thought I always knew best. Um, in addition, there were so many things I was afraid of um, that was kind of lurking in the background and that kept my, my life kind of narrow because I was afraid of things out of my comfort zone. So that's, that's kind of um, the background. With those fears, Jerry, did you know those were fears at the time or were you almost just like ignoring them? Um, that is a great question. They were, I guess I'd call them subterranean fears. I didn't, mm. I didn't consciously acknowledge them. Um, when I look back on that and this, um, I'm, thankfully God gave me the eyes to reflect on my behavior because of this experience. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can see I can see how they really inhibited my becoming the person God wants me to become. Mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't consciously aware of it. No, I just was leading my narrow little self-centered life, um, making money, you know, looking at, you know, having things as idols, you know, basically that was my life. I was a, I was a pure yuppie. If you guys are old enough to remember that term, in fact, my husband and I were, um, what was that word? Dinks, double income, no kids. Oh. <laughs> down in the Bay Area. So, you know, that's, that's where my focus was. It certainly wasn't on anything beyond myself and my immediate circle and my job and, and those kinds of things. So I stopped working in my mid fifties and I immediately went to cooking school. So that was something that I'd always wanted to do. When I was done with that, I went into a tailspin. I just had kind of I guess lost my identity, but I went through a pretty profound uh, year or two of depression where I was eating too much, drinking too much, just basically basically struggling. My poor husband was very patient. He kind of just let me go through it. I, I don't think, I truly, I don't think he knew what else to do. <laughs> uh, and I started slowly climbing out of it and during that process of slowly climbing out, I had an incredible experience. So this, this is kind of leading into the big experience. And, and in, uh, interestingly enough, I know the exact date that it started because it was the day after I'd had an outpatient medical procedure. And on the morning of November 1st, 2018, so the medical procedure was on Halloween the day before, I woke up that morning and <laughs> this is so difficult to describe. There was, there was a physical component to how I was feeling when I woke up. Um, I felt like I had carbonated water in my veins. I felt this rushing, excited feeling that I'd never felt before. It was, it was definitely not unpleasant, but it was something that I'd never experienced sure. before. Which probably was a little alarming. What's it, happening to it, my body? Uh, well, <laughs> there's an effervescence. About well, me. yeah. And at the, at the same time, the emotional part of it was this extravagant sense of well-being. I've never felt anything like it. Not, not before and certainly not, not since. This extravagant well-being and this incredible feeling of goodwill towards the entire world and everything in it. And I've never felt that. You know, I contrast that with my you know, judgmental, critical, negative worldview. And this was like, you know, I, I, I was dumbfounded. I honestly didn't know what to do with this. So here I am fizzing with electricity and feeling these incredible, incredible emotions. 
And I still remember that that first morning I, I walked out and sat on the uh, sat on the living room couch and I said to my husband, I think they did something to me yesterday in the doctor's office. <laughs> what was that sedation that they used? Because that was the only thing I could think of. Sure. And it's a logical I, I, That's what I was gonna say. That that's like an A B connection that would make you that would make sense in your mind and there's an explanation. So yeah. And, I, and, you know, I, I'm all about needing explanations and wanting explanations and analyzing things and wanting things to make sense. So that I was trying to make sense of it. <laughs> well, um, so to continue on, um, I kept, my, my mind was just flooded. And this, by the way, this experience lasted about two weeks. I'm not a journalist. I, I wish I was comfortable journaling. I never have been. If I had been, I would have known exactly how long this experience lasted. Um, but it was about two weeks. And I, I, I kind of know by other things that happened that that's about how long it Like lasted. as in that physical feeling? The physical feeling wow, lasted you imagine the entire time. So bizarrely physical it was, for two straight weeks. Like it, what is happening? It was, it was, you know what? It was addictive. It really was wow. this, this experience. And, wow. and it lasted so long that I thought it was kind of the new order of being. I thought that this is how I was going to be for the rest of my life. And I thought, oh, what, a, what a marvelous way to live. This is incredible. How, how do I learn to live in this new world? That's really what I was thinking. That's how yeah. powerful the feelings were that I was, uh, that I was feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the thoughts that were going through my mind was um, how we're all connected, how there is a kernel of something in all of us. And I, at that point, I wasn't consciously relating it to God, but in looking back, I've come to a, a bunch of conclusions that make sense to me. Mm. But so there was this whole kind of spiritual connectivity um, piece to it. And there was also a, a deep dive into my behavior. <laughs> my, it's kind of like the, the scales came off of my eyes and I was able for the first time to look at my own behavior. And... The only thing that kept me from being totally horrified at my behavior, and I could see it clearly, was, you know, you hear those stories about people's lives uh, or people when they're dying, you know, their entire life flashes uh, through their mind. Well, this was like, I was seeing my behavior <laughs> flash, flash through my mind and it was not a pretty sight. But at the bottom of that was that all encompassing joy and, what what came out of that for me was was a really firm belief that I was given a chance to atone for my behavior. And I'll, I'm going to talk more about that later. But that was it was almost like I was feeling like I was being given a do over mm -hmm. for my life mm -hmm. to make amends for past negative thoughts and behaviors and all of those things that was that were keeping me from being a truly good human being. That's opportunity for repentance, right? Oh, That's big time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big time. And I just, I am just so thankful that there was that joy, that, uh, that joy the whole time, mm -hmm. that entire two wow. weeks, that joy was just permeating everything that I was thinking and doing. So that what could have been a, just a, left me feeling disastrous, just left me feeling uplifted and so thankful that I, it looked like I was going to have a do-over. 
um, there was another thing that had happened shortly before this, and I don't know exactly when, but it has to do with a dream. And I have this memory of waking up from a dream um, in which I had lost everything. And I don't know what that everything was, um, but the feeling in the dream was the most mournful, despairing, heartbroken, grieving feeling I've ever felt or ever can imagine. Mm -hmm. It was almost unbearable. And I didn't know what it was that I had lost. I just knew that I had lost it. And then there was no hope of ever getting it back. It was just whatever it was, it was, it was dead to me. And I, I do remember the feeling of waking up and being so thankful that it was just a dream because I, don't, I didn't think I could live with that, that kind of grief. Okay, and that was before this experience, but that okay, somehow so it was like a precursor to that. Yeah, Interesting. you know, somehow. And um, in the middle of that, I I, I had that dream, and this might have been still when I was eating and drinking too much. But mm -hmm. I remember waking up in the middle of the night, and I wrote. And I never do this. I I'm self conscious about journaling, so I usually don't write when I'm thinking and feeling, just because I'm self conscious about it, and I don't know where that comes from. Mm -hmm. But I actually uh, woke up and I wrote down a quick poem. And I've never shared this with anybody, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to share it with you now. Mm -hmm. And this was coming out of that depths of despair. And the, the poem was, and I wrote it down on an old receipt. And I still have that receipt. Because <laughs> that's what I had available. Sure. And it was exiled from the shining city, realm of all possibility. Forever I mourn its loss. And I didn't know what it meant at the time, but now I, now I'm pretty sure now I do. <laughs> I have goosebumps from like head to toe right now. That dream happened before. It did. That is crazy. Oh my gosh. The way I literally like, I have goosebumps. I don't know if you can see it, but all the hair on my arms are like standing on end because that is just like, oh, those words. Wow. Yeah, and so periodically I get out this receipt and it was it was actually a receipt from a wonderful time I spent with my husband and my parents-in-law down in uh, San Juan Campestrano. And I bought a, a couple of um, books at a used bookstore. And I wrote the, and I kept the receipt around, I think just to commemorate what a, what a great time I had. And it was just in a book under my bed. <laughs> And I pulled out the first thing I could write on, yeah. and now it's on the back of this this great receipt from San Juan Capistrano. Had you ever like had an interest in poetry or anything like that before, or was was this a one off type thing? Um, that's an interesting question. In college, I was a literature major, so I've mm -hmm. always and I've always loved to read, which is mm -hmm. why I was a literature major. I took the easy road uh, because that was all I could think of that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, occasionally I jot things down, but I wasn't a routine writer. I was much more of a reader. I think writing was too much work for me. <laughs> so, but yeah, this was definitely unusual. I, you know, I never waking up in the middle of the night and writing something down wasn't in my wheelhouse. It's, it's, that was the first time that I'd ever done something like that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, so one of the things that, and I'm so ashamed to bring this up, um, but it's, it's the truth. Um, one of the real negative feelings I'd had 
um, during my life and, and certainly up until this point was very negative feelings about our homeless population and not just our homeless population here, all homeless people. Very negative, very, ju very judgmental, very critical. I kind of dismissed them as people that were homeless as um, drug abusers or people playing the system or lazy people. And <clears throat> during, during this couple of weeks, it was pointed out to me in my mind, how terrible <laughs> that, 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 that judging really truly is. And it left me, it left me knowing that I had to do something about it. It was, and that's where I, you know, I talk again about getting a do-over and a second chance. I saw my shortcomings just so clearly, but this one in particular, I had to do something about it. I, I was just compelled to, I, I couldn't not do it. Um, but then after this couple of weeks was over, I didn't quite know what to do. So I'm gonna come back to the, the homeless thing in a minute. But after this two, two weeks, of this incredibly exalted feeling and this deep dive into my own terrible behavior, but still feeling joy the entire, entire time. I woke up one morning and, it, and realizing that I thought that this was my new way of being, I thought, oh, isn't this incredible? Isn't this incredible? What did I do to deserve this? Okay, so, so I woke up and it was gone. And oh, so after two weeks, you it was had, gone. about two yeah. weeks, you had had it, and yeah. then just one day. It was, it, it was oh. gone, and I thought, where did it go? And I felt so empty and so almost dead inside. I can't, I, I can't quite explain it. It was, I was back to myself, but because the contrast was so great between myself and what I had felt in, in those couple of weeks, it was really unnerving. It was really unnerving. So the first thing I did is, is what I usually do in a situation where I don't understand what's going on, I try to analyze it. I try to figure out what, what happened. So um, my husband said during, during that couple of weeks that he thought I was going through a spiritual epiphany. So I started Googling up spiritual enlightenments and epiphanies and, and, and things like that. And I thought, you know, there's some similarities here. There's some similarities here, but I didn't read, nothing I could find read about an experience that, that lasted so long mm -hmm. and was so, I don't know, just so, so deep and so, just so incredibly transforming. So I thought, hmm. What is this? Is it spiritual enlightenment? There, it ha it's bigger. It was bigger hey, than that. Praise the Lord for that. Cause you could have easily like chalked it up to that and like just mm -hmm. did you do the world. I know, I know. And in fact, uh, um, an acquaintance who's becoming a friend who is a believer who I recently told this story to, she, she said, isn't that amazing that you didn't chalk it up to a spiritual enlightenment experience and left it alone? you know, and just kind of gone on. Yeah. But there was something in me that I, I couldn't do that. And oh, one thing, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to the two weeks. During the, that two week period, I was compelled to, <laughs> this was during, it was, it was in November, so it was Christmas season. So I was compelled 
to find a sign with the word joy on it. And I didn't know why. <laughs> but I in fact, I dragged my husband to Rite Aid and to Tractor Supply. <laughs> I for a joy sign, so I found big joy signs, one at each place. And I've got one in the wall of my bedroom, on the wall of my bedroom where I can see it when I wake up, and one in our living room. Huge, huge joy letters. And now I know why. I didn't know then because, again, I thought that that feeling was going to continue forever. They were, and I've read about memorial stones recently. Oh, they yeah. were memorial stones. They were to remind me so that I, I didn't lose sight of what happened, um, which knowing me, I could have written it off, but I just, mm -hmm. you know, I, 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 I couldn't write it off. So I had to have these reminders. So anyway, going back to the experience, um, in doing research, spiritual enlightenment just wasn't big enough for me. And it also, I needed something to give me a roadmap to be able to structure my life around living in a better fashion and, and loving in a better fashion and regarding all of humanity as my family, not just my little, my little tiny circle of, of friends. And you know what? I settled on God it <laughs> because that was the only thing to me that felt big enough. And for me, that was, it was a surprise because again, God hadn't been on my radar scene. And I'm, I'm going to tear up now because that experience was just so powerful, but I've been tearing so. up the whole time. So you go right ahead. <laughs> I mean, just God's love and his kindness and the way he came after you is just so like, Incredible. So you're doing great, Chair. Thank you so much oh, for sharing this. It's awesome. And you know, the, 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 the acquaintance turned friend that I was sharing the story with a few days ago, um, she said that she'd had a similar, she's, she'd been a believer since her, I think she's had her 20s, um, but she'd also had kind, some kind of a spiritual awakening experience, um, but it lasted, you know, it didn't, uh, it didn't last as long and it didn't have the kind of intensity but because she was a believer, she, she attributed it to God. When I told her, uh, when I told her about my experience, she was, she was surprised. And I think thankful that I didn't just chalk it up to yeah. just a, you know, a passing thing. Right. Mm -hmm. I also, I wonder, I feel like I remembered and during those two weeks too, didn't you talk to Susan and Steve, your neighbors? Oh. <laughs> because I was like, didn't, I feel like they, your, your neighbors had some help in like kind of I don't know, guiding Steer, you along like, this is God, right lady, like, yeah, yeah kind of. Thanks for, thanks for reminding me, okay, during the middle of these two weeks, I was just so fizzy with, with joy and well-being. Um, I walked over to my neighbor's house and just walked right in their back door, which I never, I never do. <laughs> so I don't, I, you know, I, I, I can't even explain why I did it. I walked in and I just said, you guys, something's happened to me happening to me and I don't know what it is so they let me ramble on bless their hearts without without apparent judgment you know it was just they were they were so wonderful but in fact they're 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 crucial to the story because um Susan my neighbor um suggested that I attend a haven uh, not a haven meet, I'm sorry an, an Eden night at her church, Living Word. I'd never been to um, to an Eden night, and I wasn't a church, a regular churchgoer. That's for sure. Um, 
but I thought maybe this is something I'm supposed to do. So, uh, and I, it was sometime in November, probably the second or third week in November mm -hmm. of 2018. I went to an even night with an, uh, an Eden night with my neighbor, Susan. And um, that's where the rubber kind of met the road because um, in addition to the guest speaker, Shannon was talking about uh, who I'd never met before mm -hmm. at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she was talking about an upcoming project um, for Eden, which is the, the, the Living Word Women's Ministry. Uh, and that project was going to be something to do with the homeless on Whidbey Island. And I thought, this is a sign. <laughs> this, this is two, this is a week or two after I'd had this experience. And the homeless were on, it was on my mind, but I did not know what to do. I didn't know what to do yeah. as a next step, but I knew there had to be a next step. So there it was. So uh, I participated in the Eden Project, which happened to be at uh, our local homeless shelter called The Haven. And out of that, out of that participation came um, knowing Shannon and telling Shannon my story and then getting involved in supporting The Haven as a volunteer. And that was, that was an incredible experience for me. I was petrified. This was this was so far out of my wheelhouse, guys. It just, it, it's not, I, I'm surprised. I mean, I still can't believe I did this. Um, but I ended up being a, um, an overnight host at the shelter, which it's an emergency shelter. It sets up at six o'clock in the evening and then tears down at six or seven in the morning and the, and the folks go on their way and it's held at a local church. And so I started volunteering there as a, to help, basically to help the staff member, help the staff member who was on duty. And initially, you know, it's so funny. I was so afraid these folks were going to be judging me and they would know that I was an interloper and that, you know, it was just that they would know I was just doing it because mm -hmm. I, I, I felt like I had to, but not because it, it was not out of love. Mm -hmm. Well, what happened during the, I, I did this for about a year and then the pandemic hit and, and, and. They, um, they stopped accepting volunteers, of course, at the, uh, at the shelter. But during that year, it became easier and easier. And at the end of it, I was leaning into it and having a good time and genuinely being myself mm. and enjoying the people, which was something for me. And I, I learned about this population. This population was not what I thought it was. Mm. It wasn't there. You know, of course, there were there were there were the kinds of folks, a few of the kinds of folks that I thought might be there, but most of them, quite honestly, were mentally ill. There, and whether they're mentally ill because they were they were born that way, or made that way because they were abused, or made that way because they took drugs, I you know who knows. Mm -hmm. I just know that a at least um, a good portion of the folks that were there really could not care for themselves. Um, and really needed some safe place to sleep. And that was a big eye opener for me. I, I just hadn't thought, I hadn't brought mental illness into the equation when I was thinking of homeless folks. So that was an aha. You know, mm. people seriously need help and attention and to be cared for. So that was something that, that I learned. Mm. Um, so let's see the, I think the, 
the, the big thing for me is, it just seems so clear to me now that God gave me a chance to atone for my behavior before it was too late. And tying that back to that dream that I had, I, you know, it just seems to fit that that was my fate. You know, that was going to be my fate if I, if I didn't do something about my behavior and the way that I looked at the world. And more importantly, I needed to come close to God and I needed to learn about God, the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And I guess that's what it came down to. So it, it's just, <laughs> it's just been kind of a strange evolution. When you said you, you went, I think I distracted you actually, because I think I asked a question, but you talked about the, the joy signs as memorial stones because you had woken up and the feeling was gone. What, what did you do without that feeling? Because it's interesting. I, what I see there is the Lord really met you in a very tangible way and was like, this is what, this is what it feels like to be connected to me at a very concentrated level. Right. And then and, but we do still have free will. And so that makes sense to me that he was like, it's like, I'm coming to find you. Now you come find me, discover who I am, discover about my love for you, discover how my son, you know, Jesus is the ultimate atonement. We repent, we turn away from our ways, especially when he is kind enough to show them to us, which is painful <laughs> as you <laughs> experience. Um, you know, I feel like that was him inviting you to do that. What did that feel like? And what did you do with that? And how did you move forward? Because you could have easily been like, well, I guess that was it. And then gone back to lots of things. You could have gone back to depression. You could have gone back to just your old ways of thinking and feeling and doing, but you didn't. Yeah, it was, it was a compulsion. Mm. Yeah, it was like you thought, said that you said it was addictive almost. So yeah, the, were you that, driven towards that? That feel. You know, you know, um, that's a that's an interesting question because yes, I hoped to get that feeling back. Oh, <laughs> I wanted that feeling <laughs> back, and uh, but I also knew, in in addition to wanting that incredible feeling back, boy, if we could if we could manufacture a pill <laughs> to give everybody in the world um, to, to let everybody have that experience I had, I think it would transform the world because. Mm. I don't know how you can go back from that. Oh, I, you know, you could, you could ignore it, but I think a lot of people couldn't ignore it because they would do what I did. They would realize I've got a do-over and, and I have to, I have to make it, I have to make it count. But yeah, when I woke up without that feeling, it was, it was, it was really just this devastatingly empty feeling. And that, but, but it gave me the time also, I was able to distance myself and look back on that experience and, and, and kind of make, try to make some sense out of yeah, it for yeah. me. So it gave me a chance to think about what had happened and research what I thought might've happened. And then also what I needed to do, think about what I needed to do going forward mm -hmm. to really make it count so that I didn't let that experience slip aside and forget about it. It just, it was way too vital for me not to do something about it. I, I just had this inner feeling that it meant something. It meant something big and that I would be so foolish to ignore it. 
And I feel like you were really intentional too. I mean, I, I've seen you, you know, first of all, like you said, you got involved with Eat and Serve um, and helping helping there as long as we could until COVID, which we're on a mm-hmm. reset for sure now, but, but also like, and then pursuing, I remember having, you know, email conversations with you about like, okay, let's talk about the Trinity, right? Like, oh. like, the, you know, you got Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you know, how does it, how does, how does it this work? all work? <laughs> and I remember I sent from one of our study Bibles here in the office, I sent you up like a picture, which is a really great depiction. I mean, and then taking rooted and you're in a Bible study now and you're surrounded with community who are also believers. I mean, you've been really intentional about growing in that and pursuing that and, and, and still being willing to wrestle with that. I mean, we are, we actually are, as a people of God, we are called to wrestle with it. It deepens our faith. It, 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 it increases our, our intimacy with him. So it's good stuff. It, it, it is. And one thing I, I have learned is it's a, it's a battle for me every day to focus on God. Um, and I don't say a bad, I, you know, and that's probably overstating it, but I need to be intentional about focusing on God every day, or it's mm-hmm. too easy to let my, you know, my go-to behavior, my past behavior take over. So I, I, I need to put God and specifically Jesus at the forefront of my mind every day because otherwise I can, it's too easy for me to fall into past mm, behaviors unless sure. I'm intentional about it. So mm. yeah, that's really, that's really kind of changed my thinking and my approach. And, mm. you know, one of the things I'm really working on, one thing that was brought out during that couple of weeks is how my impatience drives so much of my bad behavior. And, mm. you know, it, it's little things that still happen today. Like I'll, I'll be in traffic and somebody will pull in front of me without warning and, you know, I'll curse them without, without thinking. And then during that couple of weeks, um, I had incredible patience. Oh, this is another thing during that two weeks, I was so full. And I realized this when I was looking back at it after I was out of that state um, that entire two weeks, there was nothing negative. All of, all of my neg- all, all of my negativity, my fears, my, my judgmentalism, my criticism of everything and everything. It was impatience, gone. No impatience. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, it was. And I didn't realize it was missing, but now, mm. you know, if I, if I want to hazard a guess, I'm thinking maybe I was just so filled with the Holy spirit. Yeah. There was so no room for any darkness and yeah. so that's that's all I can think of that's you know? what I was thinking too because I would you know even for you to use the word patient like patient is a patience is a fruit of the spirit we can't conjure up the fruits of the spirit we can't conjure up I mean we can kind of like fake it till we make it for like a very brief period of time but then like you said someone cuts us off and the next thing you're like mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. <laughs> which you've talked about before on here mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um but the fruits of the spirit love joy, peace, patience. I mean, all the things that I was feeling during that two weeks. And ultimately we, we cannot conjure and muster those things up to come out of us on our own. We must surrender. And like you said, rely, cling to be very intentional with the pursuit of him every single day, because otherwise our sin nature is going to take over no matter how, I mean, and that's whether you have had this experience just you know, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, or 15, 30 years ago. I mean, it is, sin nature is powerful. 
that thing wants out and it wants to rule. <laughs> so we, yeah. so yeah, being intentional with it is so good. Well, and I, sorry, go ahead, Gary. I was just going to say what I've found is under pretty much any kind of stress, I revert to my primitive, what I call my primitive behavior mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> without my higher level thinking. Mm-hmm. And in this case, God thinking, overriding whatever my primitive um, responses are. So yeah, just interesting. Yeah. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Oh, just in regard to like the intentionality in that and, you know, having to be very intentional and making sure that you're putting Jesus at the forefront of your mind every day. I think that it doesn't matter if you've been a believer for a week or you've been a believer your entire life. That's something that we all have to be intentional in because it is so easy to slip into the ways of the world and to not do that, regardless of how long you have had a relationship with Jesus. Like that is such a huge piece of being intentional is having to do that like we are never you know if if I somebody said sometimes somewhere I don't remember where like if you're not moving forward or towards Jesus then all you're doing is moving away from him like you're not going to stay in the same space you're not going to just like chill where you've been like if you're not intentionally moving for towards him then you're going to be sliding away from him wow we have to be intentional yeah huh yeah that just feels right. Yeah, that's <laughs> just yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that really like the word that just kept like bouncing through my mind as you were sharing your story, Jerry, was obedience. Like there was so many times that you had no idea what was happening. Like you were just like, okay, this is going on, but I, I don't know what is going on, but you kept feeling compelled to do certain things or called to do certain things. And even though you didn't understand it, which is very outside of your comfort zone because you love having answers, you just kept doing it with your hands raised. I don't know why I need to do this. All I know is I do. And so I'm gonna, and that is, that is like the definition of obedience is not understanding why we're being called to do something, but doing it anyway. And that is beautiful. That's interesting. I never, I, you know, I never equated obedience with this, but I get, you know, in thinking about it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it's, Pretty you know, amazing. it's, it's, it's interesting surrendering your feeling um, that you're God of your own life. Um, that was something I, I wasn't even aware that I was feeling that not, not at least not at the top of mind subconsciously. I'm sure I did, but, but surrendering that was difficult and yet it's brought me so much peace and contentment you know it's 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 just amazing Mm -hmm. so that's a that's a nice plus yeah and and I I see so much of God's grace in um these two things that he was coupling together while you were going through that that enlightenment you know just all these feels that you were having is that he was giving you, like you said, new eyes to see how you were previously and just the, the mistakes that you had made and just all of it. Like you were getting a very clear vision of that. But along with that, he was filling you with so much joy and showing you through that physical sensation and what you were feeling emotionally, how much he loves you, that 
it allowed you to exist in, in that space because if that other piece wasn't there, like that would be a very easy shame spiral to go just diving yeah. into and have it, have you not be able to see how it could be different, but because he was giving you like just pouring so much of the Holy Spirit into you that you were able to look at that situation and look at your previous behavior. And instead of falling into a shame, a pit of shame and despair, it was able to show you this could be different. I can be different. And that is just like, if that's not God's grace and mercy, I don't know what is because that is amazing. Like he is just, he knows exactly. He always knows exactly how it needs to be done to do what needs to, it's just, I, I don't have words. It's right. so cool. It's so crazy. Cause that supernatural, like, it's like he supernaturally removed that part of the process because honestly it is part of the process is to like, it's, it reminds me of, you know, you will be tempted, but when you're tempted, I will give you a way to stand up under it because our temptation, when we're shown, a, shown a mirror based on our sin nature is to go the shame route mm. and to not go like to this grief route or like, oh my gosh, you know, which is what we really, you know, that grief yields repentance, shame yields shame. And it's just death, black, black, you know, dark stuff. But you basically like got to kind of hop over that because of the way he met you in the midst of that, which was so, <laughs> so, so cool because mm -hmm. then you, you instantly were like, oh, I, I can repent from this. Cause he was like showing you in such a loving and kind and caring way. And I mean, I don't know, I don't know why, I don't know why for you, it looked like that. And for why other people, it looks a little bit, it looks different, but there must be a reason he's super intentional. So there's, there's a reason there. Mm -hmm. I kind of think that, well, of course he knew this was maybe the way to get my attention to bludgeon me you know this is what i call it that he bludgeoned me with joy because i'm so i'm not subtle <laughs> you know and i'm kind of hard-headed so i really for th for things to make it through my thick head they need to be it needs to be something that is going to be forceful enough to get my attention so i think i mean i don't know but it, it kind of feels like, well, of course he knew, he knew what was going to get my attention. Yeah, that's all. absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Well, it's exciting too, to get to see like how he like will, you, it, how he has used this in your life, how he will continue to use this in your life. I know you sometimes get frustrated, like, what am I supposed to be doing with, you know, with all that he's put inside of me. And I know that um, in his timing, he will reveal, you know, different times and different callings and different assignments and all that. But for in the midst of it all, there's just, just a place of gratitude. I'm sure. Just like, thank you, God. Me. I mean, it sounds to me like he's helping you work on your patience, like kind of letting you like, you know, like not opening those doors right away as to what the next thing is, but teaching you patience through that of waiting for him and not imposing your own ideas or your own will on what this is going to be. And again, that goes back to the obedience. Yeah, it's frustrating. And sometimes like, oh my gosh, I just want to know what I'm supposed to be doing. But in waiting and being patient, again, you're being obedient to him. Yeah. And it it's that's a that's an interesting point because it was so during that couple of weeks, it was so easy to be what I call good because I was filled with goodness mm -hmm. and it just came out naturally. Mm -hmm. um, when that feeling was gone, I have to work <laughs> at being good. 
Sure. <laughs> and it's um, it's it's a different situation, but I I get it now because God isn't going to override my free will. He 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 gave me an experience, and then he's he's going to allow me to do with it what I'm going to do with it. And that's, that's incredible that he would give me the freedom to make up my own mind about that. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a double-edged sword, mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's the fact that he trusts me enough that I'm going to do what he wants me to do. I try to do, <laughs> I'm, so, sure. I'm such a backslider. I, I make a one step forward and then two steps backwards. That's just human beings. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think we can all relate to that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, bottom line is, I just feel I can't thank God enough. Oh, now here's another weird thing. I'm going to digress for a moment. During this couple of weeks, I, um, I found myself periodically, and this is, I wasn't consciously thinking about God at this time, although, you know, I was thinking, this is a spiritual thing that's happening to me, but what the heck is it? I found myself, and this is probably going back to my Catholic roots, I found myself without thinking about it, it was just my body doing it. I found myself making the sign of the cross periodically throughout the day. So if that wasn't a sign and thinking wow. about it, I remember Interesting. Yep. He was like, hello, I'm here. I'm like compelling you to do this. Like I'm giving you a sign. Come on, Jerry, you're a smart lady. <laughs> you know, it was like, I was just so full of joy. I needed an outlet. And to me, the outlet was, although I wasn't consciously making the sign of the cross, I right. found myself making the sign of the cross. That's wow. That's amazing. Jerry, thank you so much for sharing your story and for just being so just transparent with it. Yeah. But I know it will be just such a blessing to everyone in here. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I'm super excited for, for this episode to get out there because I think that people are going to be like, whoa, that yeah. is amazing and wonderful and beautiful and encouraging and just so many things. I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shy about telling the story because it is a bit unusual. And I can see if I had heard this story from someone else, I would have thought, oh, okay, they were on drugs or <laughs> mentally ill or they're making it up sure. or, or, sure. or, yeah. or. Mm -hmm. um, the only reason I believe it is because I experienced it mm -hmm. and I, ha I have no choice. Yeah. So that, and you know, that, that makes me a little, a little shy of sharing sure. it. You know what? Sure. I also feel that, you know, God gives us all stories and he does want us to share them because you never know what's going to resonate with somebody else in their exactly. journey. That's right. Yes. That's, that's the whole point. Yeah. Yep. That's the whole point. Oh, wow. So good. Yeah. I appreciate you so much and just being vulnerable with us and with everybody <laughs> listening. So, well, you know, I feel, I, I truly feel like, you know, I, I used to, this is so horrible. I used to mock born again that the phrase born again it just you know again i thought of religion as a panacea for the masses um it, it just again it was not something that was that was in my my realm of existence but um where was i going with this yeah what did you say used a word what was the word oh i i, I lost the thought yeah well it happens we yeah. all do it. Oh, born again. Born again. Oh, born yeah. Again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you yeah, very yeah. much. Because I it. still feel born again. I, 
I'm learning how to live differently. And I feel like a child in so many ways. When I first met you guys, I was brand new to this particular world. And I was so unsure of myself and so ill at ease. And so feeling like people were going to judge me because I hadn't been a, a, a churchgoer or hadn't believed in God. And, you know, I was filled with all those negative emotions. So pushing through that um was was interesting and I still feel pretty much like a child Mm -hmm. I feel like everything so many things are new to me Mm -hmm. and it gives me a lot of appreciation for things yeah yeah for sure oh wow thank you Jerry that was wonderful just like a child yeah before because you are his kid so (laughs) yep absolutely that we are all right so announcements Yes, we have some announcements. Yeah, we do. Okay, so merch, it's here. Whoop, whoop. Mm-hmm. So ordered shirts. Yep, find Shannon. Yep, and you haven't gotten it yet? Come find me. <laughs> yep. She'll hook you up with your with your stuff. Um, we will be having Eden Connect signups will be available on December 19th. So be watching for that so you can get signed up for that. And last but not least, we will have another episode with another story that we will be sharing with you on the 24th of December. So Christmas Eve, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> so next time you hear us, it'll be Christmas Christmas Eve. That's right. So I think that's, I think that's all the announcements that we have. I think so too. Awesome. Yeah, we just wish you guys just an awesome Christmas season in case you don't hear it before Christmas happens and you hear this mm-hmm. one, like you got to wait for, you know, after Christmas to hear the next, but we just mm-hmm. do wish that for you guys and um, hope you're blessed by these stories and I'll pray for us. Yeah. Time. Okay. Heavenly father, just thank you so much for an opportunity to connect. Thank you for Jerry's story. Thank you for the way you came after her. Thank you for the way you opened the door um, for her to say yes to you. Thank you for the way you continue to pursue her. Thank you for her surrendered heart toward you and how she's intentional I pray that we would learn from her story um, to be intentional, to be surrendered, to be open to you as a mystery. Um, there's nothing wrong with um, thinking about you know, spiritual awakening from a Christian perspective. You, Holy Spirit, are still in the business of being miraculous. And God, you are a mystery. You just are. And we just invite you as mystery into our faith journey and help us and ask you to help us to open our eyes and our ears to see you this way and to not be afraid of it to enter into it, to realize that you are sovereign and you are above it all. We can trust that. We pray that you would bless us all for this holiday season, help us to keep our eyes, hearts, minds, physical bodies focused on you. We trust you and we love you. In your holy, holy, and precious name we pray to you. Amen. Amen. Amen.